I also remember a couple years ago uh, when we first started talking, you were tell telling me about this wonderful business and all of these great things you were going to do. Uh, and I'd be lying if I didn't say at the time I thought it was a little bit of, you know, a little bit of uh, extra bull in there. But can I say that? Yeah, of course you can say <laughs> it. A little bit of bull. Um, but then to see that everything that you said all became reality, that, that was very meaningful and, and holds a lot of water with me. So uh, it, it made me very excited to become part of the team. Hey everybody, it's Brandon Dawson. Welcome back to another episode of Building Billions. Today, I have a very special treat. We're going to be talking about all sorts of things, money and business. I am here today with my new chief financial officer and chief operating officer for Cardone Ventures, Eddie Valentino, who I recruited away from one of the largest firms in the globe, KKR, where he was running their money around the world, chasing it down, making sure it went where it was supposed to go and went out to who it was supposed to go out to. So I am thrilled because coming from one of the top firms in the globe, making the choice to come work with us here at Cardone Ventures as our chief financial officer, I think it'd be great for you to hear why he made that career choice. And so I want to introduce you to my new chief financial officer and chief operating officer and friend, Eddie Valentino. Eddie, welcome to the show. Hey, Brandon. Thank you. Thanks yeah. for having me. I'm excited to be here and with Cardone Ventures. Um, in terms of why I joined, I ultimately very aligned with the vision. Uh, and I'm really excited about what we're going to be doing with the Cardone Equity Group and thinking that I can come add a lot of value to, to help with that journey. Yeah, thanks. So for those of you that are like, what's Cardone Equity Group? Cardone Equity Group is uh, our newly launched private equity venture strategic investment side of the business where we're going to be focused on working with family offices in managing, co-investing, or having them invest through us into assets that we're going to be out acquiring in the marketplace that we know we can significantly impact with our professional operational platforms. So, Eddie, why would a guy leave an institution? How big is KKR? Uh, KKR manages roughly $509 billion of AUM. $509 billion. And then before that, where were you? I was at Cerberus Capital Management. So I was based out of London most recently. Prior to that, I was in New York. Cerberus manages around $60 billion. $60 billion. So two firms combined almost $600 billion that you've been in the flow of the money with. Yep. Yeah. I, you know, I think the traditional private equity space, very interesting, learned a lot in, in, in my time there. Uh, but ultimately, you know, I was really interested in the business that you've put together, how you were able to grow it from, from zero to where we are now in such a short period of time with no debt, no outside capital. Um, and I, I, I like that we work with small and medium-sized enterprises. And I think that there's a lot of opportunity, particularly with where the macro environment is these days with uh, in the small and medium-sized business space. So when you, you know, KKR would not be investing in half a million, million, $10 million businesses, right? No, not generally, no. What would be the size before they would even probably be interested? I mean, typically you're talking about transactions that are going to be a hundred million plus, depending on, on on the line of business. If it's if it's private credit, if it's private equity, real estate, uh, et cetera. But it's typically going to be on the larger end, and that's true for most private equity firms because 
particularly when you get to the 50 billion plus of AUM, because they ultimately have a certain amount of capital they have to deploy for their LPs. And so if you're managing- So, whoa, 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 whoa. You're on building billions with Brandon Dawson. Our average clients listening to these huge, or listener, sorry, is listening to these huge numbers and you're using words like AUM. That's assets under management. That's okay. correct. Then you're using all these other big words that I'm sure that some people like me don't quite understand what you're saying. So explain to them without using the acronym. Sure. So ultimately, when a fund is raised, there's typically an amount of money that is committed by a series of investors. So if you have 100 investors and they each commit a million dollars, your total commitment for that fund is $100 million. And so that money won't all come into the fund on the first day. Ultimately, the firm then will call that money as they have to deploy it into investments. And so there's often a lot of money sitting idle or awaiting to be called. And that money typically either isn't earning a fee uh, for the private equity firm, or it's a much lower fee than once that money is called and deployed. And so uh, private equity firms or wherever you have funds that are structured in that way, typically there's incentive to call and deploy the capital into investments so that you can then start accumulating those fees on top of that. So is that why... um is that why you see the price of deals going up so much? Not not recently with the downturn of the, the interest rates going up and deals slowing way down. But is this one of the incentives for private equity groups to deploy, even pr- drive prices up in order to get capital in the marketplace so they can get fees on it? So I wouldn't say it's an incentive to drive prices up. I think it's a, more of a byproduct of the need to deploy capital. So they're willing to pay higher prices, when, particularly also when there are fewer opportunities, because capital has to get deployed. And and so if you're a business owner, um, does it matter the size of your business if you're a $5 million business, $10 million, $50 million, or $100 million, or $500 million? Does the multiple of profitability that a buyer pays, does it matter the size of your business? Absolutely. Um, Ultimately, you're going to be able to see multiple expansion as the the larger the business is. Multiples of profitability. So so if you're a $10 million business making a couple million bucks, you might get paid five or six times what you pay yourself. But if you're a $100 million company and you're making 20 or 30 million bucks, you're going to get... 15 times or That's right. 18 times. Yep. Yeah, ultimately there's a there's a premium for that larger slug of capital that, that that can be deployed. So so getting bigger in business while maintaining profitability it isn't a one to one equation. It, it it's a, there's a, there is a true multiplier on the value of your business the bigger you are just because you're bigger. That's right. And it, it will vary by industry ultimately as well. And that's something that we've we've, we've done some research on. But uh, it definitely, you know, on, on average and in aggregate, we could generalize and say that that's absolutely a true statement. So when you looked at uh, Cardone Ventures and you and I were talking for the last couple of years and you watch what we've done, basically you go from startup to a to a business in four years that's generated over 300 million of revenue and 80 or 90 million dollars of, of EBITDA with no deployed capital, no uh, investors, just purely a private company owned by basically Grant and I. Um, and then I showed you how we're going to scale this to a billion. 
you were like, you called me one day and you go, hey, I noticed that you've got uh, this CFO posting. You never directly asked me if I'd be interested, but I think I'd like to be your CFO. Yep. That's how it happened, true? Yeah, that's exa- that's exactly how it happened. Um, yeah, I mean, at the time, I, I wasn't aware of the numbers either. Of course, we went through that subsequently, and that, that made it to me a lot more serious. Uh, and, you know, I, I also remember a couple years ago, uh, when we first started talking, you were tell- telling me about this wonderful business and all of these great things you were going to do. Uh, and I'd be lying if I didn't say that at the time. I thought it was a little bit of, you know, a little bit of uh, extra bullshit in there. But can I say that? Yeah, of course you can say <laughs> it. A little bit of bullshit. Um, but then to see that everything that you said all became reality, that, that was very meaningful and, and holds a lot of water with me. So uh, it, it made me very excited to become part of the team. How important you. is that when you think about it? Like, like I was telling you in my second year starting this business, what we're going to do in the third, the fourth, the fifth year and with all your experience at KKR and before that service, Cerberus, yeah, um, and seeing all the deals and looking at all this stuff, how many companies had you ever seen that went from startup, organically grew, not accessing anybody's capital and not taking on any debt and performs at the level that we perform as a personal person that's run a half a trillion dollars through your hands? How many businesses have you seen come across your desk that look like what we're doing? Yeah, I'd say very few, very, very few, if any. Um, you know, maybe occasionally you see something like that, uh, in like the tech side, uh, but but not really in in the realm in which we're operating. And that's where you're like, okay, if they can do this in from startup, then what happens when we actually gain momentum? Exactly. What happens when we gain momentum? What happens when we start adding different uh, layers to the business, other components or services, being able to create scale value opportunities for our clients, all of that sort of stuff. Because the the bigger this business gets, the more effective we can also be. So it's a really self perpetuating. And so, so when when you because now we're talking about we're this podcast is really to announce the launch of Cardone Equity Group, which is our venture incubator private equity piece of the business to take direct investments into business opportunities that we feel and we believe we can significantly improve. Um, When you think about that piece of the business, when you look at our core operations and you look at the fact that we currently have $2.2 billion of businesses that we work with every day in Cardo Ventures, that's where we generate our revenue, and you've seen the success those businesses have had, what level of confidence do you have that we can be not only a great investment vehicle into those businesses, but great operators to actually improve those businesses. Uh, I'm 100% confident that we'll be able to do both. I mean, realistically, the number of businesses that we see meet every year ultimately is is way above what anyone attempting to do any sort of similar type of investing will ever see. So we have a flow that is unparalleled to any other thanks thanks mr grant cardone that's right exactly thanks mr grant cardone i mean Uh, i mean let's let's expand on that a minute so people understand most private equity groups or venture groups they need to go find an entrepreneur that they're interested in investing in or they need to review thousands of pitch books to decide which one is the most interesting and then once you have a great reputation uh 
and you build relationships with other founders, they'll sometimes walk a great deal into you, right? Yep. But have you ever seen a business case where a company like what we do, we bring in thousands and thousands of entrepreneurs through all of our learning systems. Then we're hired by hundreds and hundreds of them to actually engineer their business case. So effectively, we get free research and free shot at over 500 to 1,000 actively working businesses a year where the business owner is like, hey, show me how much bigger I can get and I'll share it with you if you help me. Have you ever seen a business system like that? I've not, no. And I think that that's really where you know our differentiating and competitive advantage comes in from the equity group perspective. Uh, ultimately, the fact that that is our pipeline and it, it's self-perpetuating and, and it, it ultimately comes to us um, is a, a huge differentiating factor. And then it also allows us to be a lot more selective uh, because as I was talking about earlier, where you have kind of a need to deploy capital in order to earn a fee and that sort of thing, like our, our value proposition and how we ultimately earn money is very different from that. And so uh, we can be patient and selective where we need to be. And also, realistically, we have a very significant pipeline and flow where if we wanted to deploy capital quickly, we could. But also, if we want to be more selective and just you know 10x those returns, we can do that too. When So it's one thing to see the business case that I was telling you about for the last few years that to be honest and be fair to you, almost every one of my friends, even my larger private equity friends, when I told them what I was going to do, most of them said the same thing you said. They said, looks great on paper, sounds great. Brandon, you're really a talented guy, but we've never actually seen a business case like this work. Yeah, I was told that by a lot of people. But now you see it work, but on top of that, I introduce you to my business partner, Grant Cardone, who is the only human being on the planet. You come out of traditional financial mechanics yep. with these large private equity groups. Had you ever met anybody that raised $1.3 billion in four years directly from individuals with no middlemen, no commissions, nothing? $1.3 billion, and in his case, to buy some of the best real estate in the world. No, no. I mean, that's another really impressive component of, of, of the ecosystem is ultimately what Grant's been able to do on the, the real estate crowdfunding side is, you know, very unique as well. And I think that only further demonstrates the reach, uh, you know, that the organization has and, and ultimately the people that have confidence and faith in what we're doing. And so, you know, I think for us, realistically, the problem is going to become we have too much money that people want us to manage versus it's difficult for us to get uh, capital. Because at the same time, we're also looking at small and medium-sized businesses, which there's going to be tremendous upside potential in. But realistically, from a deployment perspective, you have to you have to put some reasonable caps on on how much money we're going to take. So when you think of when you think of the horsepower of Grant doing something that nobody on the planet. In fact, you told me when I showed you what Grant was doing, you were like, "This is where the institutions want to eventually be able to get to." He's already done what all of them would eventually want to do, with no help from any traditional financial segments in the marketplace. Yeah, it's it's actually really interesting. I mean, there's been a big shift in focus across a number of firms uh, to to look at the ultra high net worth and private wealth space. 
for alternative asset classes. And so things like traditional private equity, real estate, in the same way, effectively, that what Grant has already done, except they're using financial intermediaries and wealth managers to ultimately distribute that that product, uh, whereas Grant was able to use his his platform ultimately to to raise capital without any of that. Pretty remarkable, isn't it? It's, yeah, definitely. A billion three. I mean, that's just in four years. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And now he's going to go on the road with us to raise capital for our PE group, our venture group, our incubator. I like to call it business incubator group. Uh, we're not prohibited from making investments into anything that we deem to be a great opportunity. And really, you and I strategically have decided that the segment of the marketplace we want to work with is family offices. And the reason for that is many of the family offices already have direct investments and assets. They're not really geared up to manage them. Uh, They were following big multiple trends in the marketplace and trying to capitalize early stage in their local markets. And then work with them to help manage and run their assets, but also bring them in as investors into what we have going. And crowdfunding on top of that with Grant. When you think about the opportunity to work with some of the best family offices in the world, help manage their assets, and then have them co-invest in assets with us, and then engineer these marketplaces that have $12 trillion of untapped access. Like, the small business space is $12 trillion today, and no one has been able to tap into it. And if we can prove that we can tap into it and we can work with elite family offices and we can create our own 10x team of investors, highly capable people, and then put Grant's formula of promotion on top of it for raising crowdfunding capital so everyday ordinary people can share in these investment strategies with us, how exciting is that prospect to you? Yeah, I think it's it's very exciting. I mean, I think for family offices, there's a lot more natural alignment because a lot of those family offices came from business owners themselves, right? And ultimately, it's business owners investing in smaller businesses uh, and, and, and helping them also grow and then being able to return some capital on top of that. And I think you said it perfectly where they ultimately don't have the operating executives or the operating resources to be able to go in and fix these small businesses. And so this is also an area where they typically wouldn't have exposure. I mean, in many cases, a lot of these family offices are also investing through these larger funds. And so they're getting exposure, a very small piece of exposure to a much larger business versus potentially having a much larger piece of many smaller businesses. Um, and so, you know, there's going to be a lot more intimate of a relationship between their capital and the, the investments that they're making coming through Cardone Equity Group and what we're doing than there would be going through a larger institution. Because they can have direct involvement and they can be one of our partners if they have assets already in those classes. That's right. When you think about where we're at and you think about all the things that you've seen now that you've been in here a couple of weeks, right? Yep. You've been looking under the hood. When you think about what we've built, the team that we have, what Grant's been able to do, the team Grant has, and the fact that between Grant's organization and our organization, we're now at 300 this year, we'll be over $300 million of revenue. And if you count real estate into that, we're over $650 million in revenue. And it's all been home grown, organic, with no outside influence, no outside institutional money, literally doing business with people that do business with us, keeping it inside the 10X ecosystem. How big do you think this thing can get? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it can get multiples bigger from where it is today. I mean, uh, that sounds like a Wall Street hedge. <laughs> Multiple, multiples figures. larger, at least ten x bigger, if not, you know, a uh, hundred x. So between real estate and our businesses, that puts us that puts us at about a ten. $15 billion enterprise. Yeah. And, and look, I think also from a scope perspective, obviously we've been also heavily focused on the U.S. and I'm not suggesting that we necessarily go outside the U.S. at this point in time, but realistically there are small and medium-sized businesses everywhere in the world and there's no reason that we ultimately at some point could not do that as well. So, you know, I think you 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 mentioned uh, how how large is this small medium sized business market 12 12 trillion 12 trillion just right the US, yeah. and that and that's that's just the US and um you know there's there's there really aren't too many people that are focused on that uh right, right now and realistically historically because ultimately the operational burden in in putting all of that together right and ultimately the types of management owners leadership that you're dealing with is very different from what traditional private equity would Inter, interface with right and so uh, we have that experience working directly with all of these small and medium-sized business owners and you have started and exited businesses and ultimately there's there's just a lot of know-how within this organization that really differentiates it and the pace at which we move just as a part of the this 10x culture and environment is also much quicker than I think most other people are comfortable moving so it's going to give us a outsized market share in in this even if somebody else tries to come in and replicate what we're doing. That's interesting. So you get like, cause you come out of a, you know, what, how big $500 billion? How big was kicking? Yep. How five. Big? Just, just over I 500 can't even billion. Say those numbers. It's <laughs> huge, 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 huge. When you come out of an organization that's that big, what's it like coming back into an organization where there's a couple hundred people? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, the, the, in any organization, there's there's always going to be you know the the desire to get better and grow and achieve more and, and that sort of thing. So no matter how large or small, you know that still exists realistically, and you know all businesses ultimately grow, uh, or the businesses that do grow, I should say, often grow without you know necessarily thinking about where they're headed and making the right changes and putting the right infrastructure in place and, and, and that sort of thing. You know, I think for, for us, you know, we've been in business for just under four years in total. Um, so there's nothing that is really, you know, unexpected. I think what I, what I see here and what I'm experiencing that's very positive ultimately is just that everyone's rowing in the same direction. Uh, everyone has big, big dreams, big vision, uh, and ultimately puts in the extra effort to, to deliver for the organization. Um, and I think that, you know, realistically, you know, the, the day-to-day, we're forced to focus on many different things, and you kind of have to bounce between priorities. But all of it is really more so from an opportunities perspective than from a risk perspective, or we're dealing with some some problem or anything like that. It's 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 we're building the next thing, uh, and so that's been really exciting to to come in and be a part of. Well, I know that people, you know, just just for people that have been following me, I, I'm very transparent. I tell people we did two and a half million this year. We did we're gonna do thirteen or fourteen million next year, and then we do fourteen. We're gonna do thirty five million next year, and we do thirty eight. We're gonna do seventy five million next year. We did eighty three. you know, I, I, I choreograph and 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 I am very transparent about what we're gonna do in the future because 
I have all that footage. And, and what I'm really doing is documenting that it can be done if you know how to do it, because if our job is to help other entrepreneurs do it, we need to be the example, right? When you fast forward, if we've been able to get to this point with literally no employees four years ago, fast forward another five years, literally my target, internal target, is to be over a billion dollars in revenue. When you think about that kind of growth, not to mention the value of the enterprise, I mean, yep. we'll, at the at the rate and, and the numbers we're going to hit this year in a little better market, maybe 18 months ago, I could easily guarantee you someone would put a billion dollar valuation on our on our enterprise today. It's probably conservatively going to be 600 million at the end of this year. When you think about how much more value could be created in another five years, I mean, it's it's, it's billions, billions of dollars. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, again, the the equity group is obviously going to be a very valuable asset for us. What we're doing with the, the various verticals, uh, what we're doing in insurance also is, is another potential, you know, really good opportunity for us. Uh, I think that also the level of talent that is being brought into the organization uh, and the level of uh, expertise and specialization now uh, that that's coming in for the various verticals to provide support is going to really also help take us to the next level um, and, and deliver even more value for the clients that we're bringing in. So I think, you know, that that uh, is going to result in higher retention and ultimately the higher retention is going to increase enterprise value and, and multiples more as well for us. So look, I mean, we're making this our first podcast. We will be doing podcasts on and off over the course of the next five years, updating where we're at, what we're doing, how we're getting there. Because we're building it as we're going and we're able to share that, which is why this show, by the way, is called Building Billions. Because like you said, we can add billions. We are going we are going to continue to document our journey of building billions. And uh, I'm so excited about you being on the team, helping us do it. If you've got a family office and you're listening to this and you're like, okay, what are these guys really up to? We're going to be putting together a presentation of what our strategy is going to be, the type of people we want to work with, the things that we're looking at, the people involved uh, with our organization, our enterprise, and also Grant's going to start promoting for crowdfunding. Like we're gonna we're gonna make some noise on this Cardone Equity Group, and we have a whole bunch of other businesses we're rolling out this year. Uh, so. 2024 is going to be a very exciting year for us as an organization. Thrilled to have you on the team. If you're Thank listening you. to this podcast or you're watching it on YouTube, this was an interview with Eddie Valentino, our new chief financial officer and chief operating officer. Uh, recruited him from years of working inside of KKR, uh, running a half a trillion dollars. And, and we are just so excited to have him on our team to help shape shape the the direction of how we're going to be building billions in the future so stay tuned because we're going to have a lot of great things to be talking about if you like this episode leave a like share it um, leave a message and uh, either way thank you for listening to another episode of building billions with brandon dawson and thank you for joining me eddie thank you for having me brandon excited to be here